Welcome to Bearded Clansmen of the Vale, where two bearded guys talk about Game of Thrones the card game. Sorry about this, everybody, but it seems like for the first about 14 minutes of this podcast, my mic is all echoey. There's not really a good way to fix this, but I still wanted to release, so if that does annoy you, just skip forward to about minute 14. We'll be a little bit through way through the deck, but everything should be okay after that, and you can just follow along with the other cards later if you want, or something like that. Thanks for listening, and sorry again. Welcome back, everybody, to Beard Clans of the Veil, a Game of Thrones LCG show. I am Kyle, son of Kyle. And Shaggy Dom. And today, we're going to rename ourselves to the Bearded Pirates of the Isles, because we're going to be talking about uh, a deck that I built that Dom has helped me work through problems with a little bit verbally, called What a Sneaky Fleet of Raiders from the Sea We Be. And it, of course, ends the custom... It's, it's a house Greyjoy deck, deck with Lord of the Crossing as the plot, or the, the agenda. So, yes. <laughs> so, this is my entry into the possibly maybe running this for fun at Store Champs. Maybe it will work now, maybe it won't. But uh, yeah, the whole idea for this deck, and we'll, we'll link the deck in the description so you can follow along with the podcast, but is I really liked when we went over uh, the new Asha that giving each your Ironborn stealth is a really cool thing. So she's a, she's a part of it, and not just her, but just giving things stealth again made me feel like I should play Lord of the Crossing one more time, because that was a big part of Lord of the Crossing in the beginning, was kind of the like stealth nature of Greyjoy. Yeah. So um, let's just kind of go through the cards here, and we can talk about it. Um, since the deck is Ironborn, I put Aaron Damphir in it, because Aaron, uh, the, the corset one, he's Drown God, Ironborn, and Lord. He's a 3-3 three, three with a power icon, so you're not getting much um, from him on terms of challenges, but you are getting to, after dominance, put an Ironborn character into play from your dead pile. So you can recover some of those if you have the gold or the dominance to do it. Yeah, it's a decent card. And since the deck revolves mostly around Ironborn, I figured having this guy in there is... He could have stealth, so he could be okay in like a first challenge, or he could just help out, you know, stealthing down some characters for like the um, the power rush, and um, and he's helping on dominance too. So you don't have to kneel him to do it, so he can attack and then bring someone back if they die. So yeah, exactly. I I think it's a decent card. Um, the next one I did was three Asha Greyjoys from a King of the Isles. So she's got pillage stealth. She's a Captain Ironborn lady, only a Bicon, but she has six six cost five strength. And it says each other unique Ironborn character you control gains stealth. So um, there's a lot in here that's pretty cool. Um, she's giving all unique Ironborn characters stealth, so that's another Aeron. You're going to see a bunch of them in here that are going to get stealth just from her being on the board. Yeah, so would you say she's the rock star of the deck? I think she's a big part of the... She, she facilitates a lot of what the deck's trying to do. I mean, she's important. Um, I, I do kind of miss the entry icon from you know the other Asha... But mm-hmm. I'm hoping that the speed of the stealth and the Lord of the Crossing agenda will help uh, mitigate some of that a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and the pillage will just be helpful. So pillaging isn't really a huge part of this deck, but pillage is a mechanic for one of the cards in it that I think is good, which is Nighttime Raid. So that'll help um, with with that. Um, but she's, she's in there to try to make it so like all your challenges can go unopposed. And it facilitates that really well, especially when you're doing things like uh, since Rise of the Kraken's in this deck, you might be able to... like. Get some seriously big power swing turns with that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Another one of my favorites uh, from original uh, Lord of the Crossing is Bale and Greyjoy, so I threw him in again. He's an Ironborn Lord, he's got Renown. 
And the big, the big, the really cool part about uh, Balon was that when you um, when you use him with crossing in the third challenge, uh, you get to do his like really cool ability, which makes it basically so a lot of the characters that are on board can't really contribute their strength to the challenge. So he gets that like kind of you know renowned power. He gets the power from the power challenge, and he gets the swing power from you know the unopposed, and he gets the I'm sorry, he gets the swing power from the the power challenge, the unopposed power, and then he also gets the crossing power. So that's like a four power in one one attack, right? Yeah. So it can be pretty cool. Yeah, I think he's a he's a decent card, especially for the Lord of the Crossing mm -hmm. agenda. Yeah. Uh, use him on the third challenge. Not many characters are gonna have you know above seven strength anyway. So. Yeah, yeah, and uh, there's there's some things in here. I I put um. Uh, I put uh, Iron Fleet Scouts in here just because that can help with um, Balon and other things like that. A little helpful for uh, some of the other stuff in here too, like Relentless Assault. But um, the next card we have is Blackwind's Crew. So this is just a straight up like kind of toss in with a Bicon. Three cost, three strength Bicon. It has the mm -hmm. traits I want, which are Ironborn and Raider. And it's got Pillage on it. So it's putting a little pr Pillage pressure in the game. Um, I ended up kind of getting rid of a lot of like the pillage support in this deck because I felt like it was getting too mixed between pillage and stealth and warships and mm -hmm. captains. So I just went for like a stealth warship thing. So mm -hmm. these guys are in here as something I can drop for like claim. It's not too expensive. Something that's going to get um, a benefit from nighttime raid and something that has pillage on it. Okay, yeah, that seems you know logical. <laughs> uh, so the next one I have is Yurong's Crow's Eye uh, he's, this is the one from King of the Isles and one of the main reasons I put this guy in here was to pull Silence out as fast as I can so you'll notice if you look in the deck with us you'll see there's only one copy of Silence and the main reason is because this uh, Euron is just going to pull, pull it out as soon as you marshal him and Euron's a Tricon with 4 strengths so not very strong but you have those 3 icons you need for Lord of the Crossing and that's good and so he's a Lord so he's a Reducer he can be reduced with, oh, not with anything I have, but um, he's six plus strength, which will go for Ocean Road. Um, I made so many iterations of this deck, I'm kind of forget what's in it sometimes. But <laughs> he's got Intimidate, which is which is all right in this deck. It's not super super big, but it's kind of cool that he lets you pull out Silence because Silence is a pretty big part of like making the locations in this deck work. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I also like uh, the fact of you know you have Astra out, he has Stealth. Mm -hmm. That's um, good too. As well. Yeah, especially and, with the three icons, yeah. And then, you know, silence works well with him. If you're able to put out another warship, you can stand him. Mm -hmm. So you can get two challenges off with him. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that's kind of what I was hoping there is, like, you know, when he comes out, silence just comes with him. So that's really mm -hmm. nice. Um, and so you get to do a lot of, like, kind of combo stuff where you can kind of get those second challenges that you might not normally get. Or you can get those, like, two challenges from one character. Yeah, exactly. Anytime you can get multiple challenges with one character is always good. Yeah. Um, next one I have is one I kind of like threw in here that could probably get removed, but I like it a lot, which is Hagen's Daughter. So Hagen's Daughter is kind of fun because it returns to shadows when it dies, and it's nice for like mill claims and stuff like that when you're um, when you're just trying to like you know you're trying to sit there and you're not really sure you're not getting a lot of what you need for like your you know kind of chumps and Hagen's Daughter's like the chump for all your mill claims, so. Um, that's yeah. pretty much only why it's in here. I mean, it is an Ironborn, so you get to pull it back with Aeron if she does die, actually, somehow. Um, mm -hmm. And you get to use Stealth on her, so. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think she's a good card. 
I don't know if I necessarily put two copies in, but yeah, I think it's a good card. Yeah, I, I'm still building, like, I have trouble building because sometimes I'm like, I want to see this, so I have to absolutely put a three in. In this game, you don't actually want to do, you probably don't want to have as many copies as some of the cards that I have in here, but it's mostly just so you can have all three icons in most cases. But Hagen's Daughter's yeah. definitely one you could pull down to one, probably. Yeah, no, I definitely agree, especially with your agenda, you want all three icons on mm -hmm. the board. Yeah. Uh, as much as you can, so... Um, Fishmonger is the next card. There's three of those just for claim it for chump and for you know reduction. That's pretty much it there. Um, that's mm -hmm. just help the econ. The the glory of the crossing deck kind of suffers when it comes to money. I'm hoping that some of the stuff I put in here will mitigate that. You have like Iron Islands Fishmonger being one of those cards. So yeah, and it just helps you get your pieces um, put out on the board faster. Yep. Which that's what you want for the crossing agenda. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, next one I have is is kind of an, an include just because of the icon, and I don't really mind as a as ability, but I I would hesitate using it if I actually needed a third challenge. But uh, Lord Support Shipwright mm -hmm. is the the intrigue icon, two cost, one strength, Ironborn, and ally, so it will get stealth when Ash is out, um, and it can kneel to you know choose a kneel location of two or three of your first player cost. Um, Did you just say that that they will get stealth? No, I mean I meant that I meant to say oh. they wouldn't get stealth, but. I kind oh. of I keep forgetting that it's only unique characters, but yeah. So yeah. this one is purely there just for the intrigue icon. Um, I'm, I don't know how often I'll be using its ability, but if I need to, it's great, right? Oh yeah, definitely. You know, needle flea bottom. Mm-hmm. Any day. Any day. <laughs> <laughs> so the next one is a new card that I haven't actually tested, and it's kind of a half include because of the icon. But I also really ended up liking the effect on it. It's Maester Immune Mirror. Um, Mm -hmm. It's cost three, two strength, intrigue, and power. It's a maester. And when the triggered ability of a location would initiate, you can meal, mirror, mirror to cancel those effects. So I'm pretty sure you can use this to cancel wall and things like that, which is pretty brutal on some, against some decks. Yeah. So um, it's good in that right, and it's also good because it's got an icon on it that I want. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think it's uh, the idea of just having that on the board with the interrupt um, being more... Uh, impactful than uh, using him for the intrigue icon. Mm -hmm. Most sure. cases I'm but, hoping so too. Like that I don't have to use him for intrigue, but it's a yeah. Yeah, but I mean if you if you just need it to push through it, you know, you have that option. So mm -hmm. it's, it's not a bad card. I think it's a good addition. Yeah. Uh, the next one I have is called um, it's one of the new ones. It's Orkmont Reaver. It's a pretty straightforward icon. Two cost, one strength, Ironborn Raider with Pillage. And if, it, if 10 or more cards in your discard pile, it gains stealth. I don't really care about that last part. I'm just more happy that it's got Pillage and it's an Ironborn and a Raider. I mean, it's going to basically there for um, the two-cost Chump fodder and for a nighttime raid if I need to push mm -hmm. through for a challenge. So, Yeah, I could definitely see that. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's, it's an all right. It's like you said, it's a Chump claim. Yeah, this one isn't here because it's it's here because I can put it out really easily and not have to commit a lot of resources to it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, the next one I got is the knight. I'm actually kind of interested to see how this card works. I'm not really sure how it's going to work, but it's the it's not it doesn't have the i it doesn't have the traits I want. It is a five cost five strength bicon, which is pretty straightforward and good. No attachments except for weapons, so it protects itself a little bit from some of the stuff you might not want to see. And while it's attacking alone, it gains stealth and renown. So that's good because. Um, in some cases, you might want to just in, in, in Lord of the Crossing, you, you want to like kind of 
this is true about most of the game, but in Lord of Crossing specifically, you have to be very careful with how many you're committing to certain challenges, and because you need to get all three off. So anytime you can use one character to get the job done, you're in better hands. This is exactly why in two cards we're going to talk about Theon is in the deck. But this guy having Renowned is pretty sweet when he attacks alone, because in most cases I'm like thinking that he's going to stealth somebody down and attack alone, and that's fine, and gets Renowned. And if he doesn't, then you know he still fulfilled the challenge that he needed to, and probably. Um, took someone out or helped out because he's got five strengths still. So. Yeah, yeah, I think it's a it's a decent card. I haven't had a chance to play with it, but um, I can see it being you know pretty cool. The only thing I don't like about him is he's unique but doesn't have Ironborn, and that's the only downside. And that's why I pulled him down to two is because I kind of want mm-hmm. more of those ones. Um, the reader is pretty much just a solid like utility intrigue icon card. I mean. He's not going to get any of the, the bonuses from stealthing, but he is an intrigue icon, and he's pretty solid if you can get his effect off, because you can be drawing cards, um, or or you can be milling cards. But he, his, the nice part is his trigger happens regardless of if he was participating or not, as long as a unique character was participating. So that's good. Yeah, um, Yeah, and with all the other Ironborn getting stealth, um, it's, you know it's going to be kind of easy for you to be able to pull that off. Mm -hmm. And that'll feed into a lot of good draw or like maybe some mill if I need to like, you know, do that to, I don't know why I need to use a second one that often, but the first thing is really good. Drawing that card is really solid. Yeah. Drawing cards is always good. And then the final character, and and there's probably a few fewer characters than I need in here, but I'm going to have to deal with that. uh, Is Theon Greyjoy. Um, He's the, the one from fall of Astapor. So, while he's attack, while he attacks alone, each character with higher strength than him does not contribute strength to the challenge. So, Theon's the guy you throw in when you're doing the first challenge with Lord of the Crossing, and almost nobody can block him. So he gets the unopposed, he gets the the power from the unopposed, and you have to trigger any of your unopposed things that you get to do. And since he's got that military icon, if you you know are running things that I'm not running, you can benefit from that. But I'm not running that, so which is the Sea Stone Chair. Yeah, definitely. Um... I used to see him as a, you know, a really good, even for the power. Yeah. You know, if you have a, a two-claim plot, you know, throwing mm-hmm. that one, one strength power challenge. Yeah, right. And he and he's super solid with uh, Rise of the Kraken, which is like your finishing plot in this deck. You got the mm-hmm. two-claim, you got the two power gain instead of one on unopposed, and you get uh, his, like, his just ability to, like, lower his own strength from the Lord of the, I'm sorry, the Lord of the Crossing lowers his strength. So you're getting like a four power swing when Theon attacks in turn one of Lord of the Crossing. So that's mm-hmm. that's really good. I mean, you only need fifteen to win, and that's a that's you know a fourth of it ish. So yeah, exactly. So that's kind of a good card for this deck. Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of like the the kind of gimmick here is like, what can I throw in that will help me get my locations out? What can I throw in that will save me from having to sack my my key pieces? Right. So. A lot of like the characters that are on the side are there so they can be claimed from military or they can be killed instead of other things. Um, I'm trying to keep dupes high on cards I want to keep, so that's why I have three copies of ones that I really want. Um, and you'll see when we get into the attachments and stuff like that, and the locations and events, or not the attachments, but the locations and events that like I have probably more protection than I need, but I don't really want to lose the characters that I want to have. We all... <laughs> don't want to lose the characters. Yeah, but like Greyjoy can can protect them in a way that's like kind of unfounded in other factions. Like, 
they have a lot of like oh yeah doesn't die but so our, our attachments and mm-hmm. this is something i appreciate uh dom talking to me about because mm-hmm. i was running little bird and because that was kind of the stock one you'd run for a long time when you needed intrigue icons but dom pointed out that appointed is just kind of a better card and i'll let you explain why and i agree with you now um but i'm gonna let you explain why you are low on your intrigue icons as this uh graph here shows (laughs) um (laughs) um is one the little bird is a condition attachment um which you know first thing i think of is like macer creston or any other macers running the macer chain you know you, you kneel the macer character discard a condition attachment now appointed is a title attachment so they're you know they can't um just go ahead and kneel a character to discard the attachment so it's going to take them a little bit more work to to get the attachment off your character yeah and it is unique only but i'm okay with that because a lot of the times the unique characters are the ones who are going to benefit most from having a third Mm -hmm. or fourth i'm sorry a second or third icon so Mm -hmm. yeah so i ended up switching that out with little bird they cost the same and again one's just a condition and the other one has uh, a title and is more limited on what it can go on but I'm okay throwing it on, you know, any of the ones that don't have an intrigue, like Balon, Asha, you know, stuff mm-hmm. like that. Just so. put it on a character that you can restand. Um, of course, is always a good thing. Yeah. So. Uh, okay, so that was attachments. There's only one. I was tempted to run like the Red Ruin or whatever the sword was, um, and you know, I really wanted to run like King of I. Uh, so with the pillage, I was I was started off building this deck as pillage, but. That's why I was going to do King of Rock and Salt and all this other stuff. But I ended up taking almost every attachment out because I needed room for all the locations and the characters I wanted to run. And I actually kind of want to play events in this deck, which is interesting because Greyjoy, I don't think Greyjoy plays many events usually. But they've started coming out with events that Greyjoy can afford to play. So that's nice. Mm-hmm. Um, the first location is going to be two Great Halls. So uh, Great Hall is a great reducer, especially for you know the, the, the cost curve of this deck being like pretty high on five and sixes um that means i'm going to get a lot of econ out of just great hall being out it is limited so it's competing but the only other thing it's competing with is going to be rose road i believe so i think that's Mm -hmm. going to be pretty good because most of the other stuff's going to be able to happen regardless of um you know they're going to compete with each other which is only five out of 20 cards that would be out so yeah Exactly. Uh, the next one's Great Kraken. So that one gives Balon stealth, which is pretty cool. And actually, I play Great Kraken more for the second ability than the first. Uh, after mm-hmm. you win an unopposed challenge, either draw one card or gain one power for your faction. This is one of those things that I just... The gaining the power for your faction up to two times around is pretty sweet. Um, it's the rush mechanic. Or if you need to, you can fill your hand up too after a draw. Maybe you had to use something like Pintashi or something that you had a low reserve or doesn't let you draw any cards and you need to fill back up. So... That's this is one of my favorite ships because it's just the solid like double reaction mm-hmm. per round ability. Yeah, I I, I like the the Great Kraken a lot. Um, next we got Ironfleet Scouts. Ironfleet Scouts are just there to uh, push push challenges and they're free, so they go out for zero. Um, mm-hmm. They're just there because they're 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 probably there a little bit more because of the remnant of what i was doing before but i'm a big fan of iron fleet scouts because usually you're going to go first as Greyjoy. so plus two strength isn't something to scoff at no especially when you have like balon and stuff Mm -hmm. and with this euron being having intimidate it actually kind of puts a new kind of twist in here where 
Euron usually has Intimidate, I believe, or Victor, uh, Victorian does, but it's nice to be mm-hmm. able to kind of pump that a little bit if you need to. Yeah, and just, you know, making your opponent think like, oh, they're going to activate the Iron Fleet Scout or not, and so, you know, make them kind of think about how much they want to defend or not. Yeah, yeah. And most games actually don't end up using Iron Fleet Scout. They just sit there and sit there readied and cause people not to block. <laughs> so. Well, I, I use mine every time. I don't care. Yeah, that's fair. And, I, and this deck, actually, like, I probably will be using action. it. Yeah, <laughs> we'll probably be using it more because of Relentless Assault being in here, but we can talk about that in a second. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Iron Mines is the next one because Greyjoy, that's not really that hard to understand. I mean, mm-hmm. it's good. Raiding Longships? Yeah. Oh, go ahead, sorry. No, I was just going to say, you know, a location to save a character. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, it's good. Let's go in it. Uh, the next one, this is one that Dom kind of talked me into too, and I, I kind of regret not putting this in in the beginning, but it's raiding long ships. Uh, this one's going to help push the agenda. Um, not not necessarily agenda. It's going to help push unopposed, but that's good because that's swing. That's that's rush. You know, if you're the first player, kneel raiding long ships to choose a defending character without attachments. That character does not contribute strength to this challenge. So, this is pretty good against you know most like knights that can't have wep- anything but weapons. Most like you know knights watch and things like that. But it's just really mm-hmm. good card to kind of have another one that just sits there until you need it, and then it becomes a real pain in the ass for your opponent. Yeah, exactly. Um, and my main thing was I was thinking is the mechanics with silence. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have silence out. You know, you do your challenge, say with Euron. You do your intrigue, whatever. They defend with one character. You react silence. Throw this in. Then you do your action, remove their strength from the challenge. And so then you got an unopposed with your intimidate, and then you get to restand Euron because of silence ability. It's just one yeah. thing after another kind of thing. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, no, that's good actually. And I in hindsight I'm probably gonna I'll probably shift these locations around a little bit too, just because I think I really want to throw in one or two of the other like maidens bane or like the golden other the golden ship that i can't remember the name of right now one of those two because they're Mm -hmm. pretty sweet as well Mm -hmm. uh and they can they combo so well with silence being out like it's disgusting Mm -hmm. um but let's not talk about those writing long ships are there because they're good and i shouldn't have i definitely overlooked them the first time i built it refurbished hulk's a new one i'm kind of excited to see it gives a it gives uncom and initiative so with this and silence out and some of the really high initiative cards, you're probably going to be going first, which is really what this deck likes to do. So when I played this deck successfully, what would happen is I would go first and not this deck, but decks like it. I would go first and do everything I needed to do. And my opponent would be kind of be left just like, you know, jaw dropped a little bit. Cause like, I don't really, a lot of the cards in here are to, def- to defend against a lot of the bad things my opponent can do. Because once you have your board set up with Lord of the Crossing, you really don't have to worry about a lot except for, like, mass clear stuff, right? And yeah. um, so, like, this card is helpful in terms of making sure you can always go first so you can always get through, like, your what you need to do before your opponent can really do anything to react or mess with you during their challenge phase, right? Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. and income's good, and standard income's good. You can't, you can't blink that. So. No, not exactly. So, I think it's a good card. And it's a warship, so... Yeah. You can 
flop it in for free. Yeah, <laughs> I'm hoping to do that as much as possible. So C Towers our next one. Uh, C Towers is just a reducer. It's a reducer location, but it hits non-characters, uh, which I like. So. Yeah, just a great draw card. Yep. Um, Silence is the one that we're we have one copy of because we're hoping to you know we're only going to have it out when well, I, I'm hoping to never ever pay for this card. So. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. Um, what. When you think about it, this is actually technically an econ card as well. Yeah. You know. A hundred percent. Yeah, because you're just putting stuff in for free. Mm -hmm. And it's challenge phase speed, which is really, really slick. Um, mm -hmm. The last one I have is Rose Road, and this is the one that I'm thinking about maybe just pushing out. Um, it was there before I switched to the Great Halls. This card was purely there for econ, and since we're probably have a lot more econ as we're talking through it than I thought I did. Um, I think I might switch these out for some more, uh, either some more characters or uh, some more locations. So probably more mm -hmm. characters. But it's Rose Road. I mean, everybody knows Rose Road. Everybody who's playing them, everybody plays yeah. them. One income. And then we have our seven events, and these seven events are uh, are kind of like going to help us do what we want to do. So Risen from the Sea is a card that saves your characters. So that's just a free card that saves your character, and they get strength, which is pretty helpful. Um, mm -hmm. Nighttime Raid is another card that I kind of, I kind of, this and Asha and a few of the other cards in the deck are cards that I, I specifically wanted to keep in this deck when I was building it. So, you know, you choose up to three characters with Pillage and your Raider, and you, uh, each of those characters gain stealth. So anything that Asha can't hit, you're going to use this on to make sure that your challenges go through unopposed. Yes. That's all it is. It's pretty standard, one cost. <laughs> it's great. I think it's going to be fun. It could be a really good card. And uh, that is also going to help us do the next card, which is Relentless Assault. So after you win a challenge by five or more strength mm -hmm. as the attacking player, kneel your faction card, then you may initiate an additional challenge of that type this phase. So if I'm if I, if I didn't overlook anything, this is the only card in my deck that will kneel my uh, faction card. And so I, th uh, yeah, I, think, I think that's it. it. But that's the whole point of this in this and coordinated attack and like are kind of there to mitigate the lack of intrigue icons. So these cards coming out are things that like make it so you can do a two challenge, two different challenge type Lord of the Crossing deck instead of having to have all three icons, right? So if you can get a Relentless Assault off on your like second challenge with all the stealth you have, then you can run a mm -hmm. second power challenge and do even more, right? Especially if you can stand somebody or if you can do anything like that where you can kind of get off a second challenge with one of those characters that can sweep four power. You've got an eight power in a turn. That's not trivial for the cost of zero. Yeah, exactly. So. Yeah, I, I think it's good. Let's talk about your plots. Sure thing. Uh, so coordinated attack was specifically one I put in here because I like that you had it in your deck last week and it helps with the problem of only having two, like basically centering around two icons, right? Um, I did? I thought you did. Maybe it was a different deck. But after you win a challenge oh. as the attacking player, choose a different challenge type. You can initiate an additional challenge of the chosen type this phase. So if you do power first with Theon, you do you do military. If you do military first, you do power, right? Mm -hmm. So that's pretty sweet. So you get all three of your challenges on icons that you have and are good at using and can, and can use effectively. It's got eight initiatives, so you're going to go first. But the plot's a little, or the, the income's a little low. Reserve's a little low. But again, if you know you're gonna need it, this card is perfect for trying to get through like the the two icon, two icon three challenge problem, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, if you only have like 
in your case, probably military and power mm -hmm. on the board. So, yeah, it definitely helps, you know, triggering that third challenge. The next one I got is kind of a holdover. Uh, counting coppers is something that makes me feel good when I put it in a plot deck because not a lot of Greyjoy cards let you draw. There is that card that um, his name is, uh, what is it called? You have it, you, you, you like, we talked about it. His name is uh, Reek. It rhymes with Meek. That's what I'm thinking of. Um, the one that lets you draw on Greyjoy now, but I didn't want to overflow with too many events that are letting us draw since we have Great Kraken and stuff like that. But if you have Great Kraken, if you don't have Great Kraken or you can't get out one of the cards that does let you draw, um, like Reader, you can use Counting Coppers to kind of fill your hand up. That's the main point here. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I'm going to go through these in a different order than they're listed because I want to save some of them for the end. But Trade Routes is in here because you have a lot of locations and it can make you a lot of money. And yeah. that's pretty much it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, would you say this is more of a like you put this plot first, mid, or towards the end game? I'd say like this is like a post board wipe plot for me because most of the time, okay. um, unless someone's playing um like what is it, political disaster, mm -hmm. you're really gonna have a lot of locations out regardless of your characters. So like, you know, it's nice to be able to refill your gold to play your hand that you're gonna get. So you could like this would be like a follow up after like accounting coppers after like a board wipe state maybe, mm -hmm. where you can like you have your handful now you can play all the stuff you need to play, and set your board up again. And so that's kind of what I'm thinking. Like this one is either right at the beginning if you set up like a bunch of locations and you need money, or after a board wipe, and you've set up your hand. Okay. And th again, the only reason I played trade routes is because I've seen success with it before in 22 location count decks. Oh yeah, yeah. That's you're you're guaranteed to get at least fifteen gold. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Especially with so many non-unique locations like Iron Fleet Scouts, Iron Mines, Raiding Longship, Refurbished Hulk Sea Tower. The majority of those locations are like all non-unique, so they all stack for an additional gold. The next one is going to be trading with the Pentashi, and this one again is just a money card. With the Econ in the deck, I'm I might be able to get rid of either trade routes or trading, and I'd probably get rid of trading first just because it gives my opponent a bonus. Um, and maybe replace this with something that's a little bit more offensive or uh, a Clash of Kings or something that's going to you know, be another two-claim plot or something that gets me more power for power challenges because that's kind of the whole point of what we're trying to do is to, when we can, initiate multiple challenges of the same type with the cards that we have. Um, so this, is, again, is just a straight econ plot. It's hopefully like one of the ones you play like turn one and you just drop like Balon and someone else with your reducers and then you have like a good board state. Maybe let you play an appointed or something like that to get any, one of the icons you need out. Mm -hmm. um, we Take Restoros is the one I wanted to try uh, because it looks really cool and it's new. It's five income, nine initiative, one claim plot. Uh, those three numbers are pretty solid on their own. Reserve six is great. Um, but it lets you choose a location in a discard pile and put it into play under your control. So, you know, this is one that you can be used offensively uh, on both sides, right? You could pick someone's wall and start scoring on it if they didn't have control of it yet or you milled it before they could hit it. You could take one of your locations that have been, you know, maybe killed by another thing or something like that. You could put them back out. So, and the fact that it has five income on it is also really high. Like, that's a really high plot with a high initiative, uh, high income plot with high initiative, so... Um, yeah, it's a good it's a good plot. Any thoughts on that? I know you have uh, like a lot of feelings about that whole win revealed ability, and I I want to hear them. Um, well, I I mean I I really like this plot. Um, 
why I say that is like um, I just played a game not too long ago and I had to meet reserve and you know I had to discard a card so I was like well you know I got we take rest rose so I'm just gonna go ahead and discard my great kraken and just put him in for free and still get my five income so technically it became a an eight uh, an eight gold plot mm -hmm. in a sense so um, did it for free um, another thing you could do is say if you have silence and you don't want to pay for it yeah and you don't you don't have your own you don't want to wait just go ahead discard it put in we take rest rails put it in for free and then just go to town yeah I agree I think it's pretty solid especially with the build of this deck and how most opponents are going to play locations I mean that's what you do well, yeah yeah and it, and this plot doesn't just limit you on your discard pile like that's another thing I like about it is if your opponent has something that would really work in your favor um, at the current situation then you have that option of taking it from them yep yeah so this problem that part probably works a little better when you're doing things like uh, playing with the new guy who lets you discard location when you pillage it or you know hitting on Asha or any of the like the um, the rating of the Bay of Ice type stuff, you yeah, know. And, and like you said, like if you took the wall or something, so say you take the wall, they draw into another one, they cannot play that wall because you have control over it. Mm -hmm. Which is where like the pillage in this deck is small, but it can help facilitate something like that where you lock them out of their win con or their like mm -hmm. their like passive win condition. Like Chamber of the Painted Table is the same way. If you play one of theirs, they won't be able to play theirs, and that means they're not just going to sit there as Baratheons do and just win dominance, you know? Mm -hmm. So even if you can't win with it, if they have, like, an Iron Throne or something, you're still making it so they're not getting that extra power every turn from it. Yeah, there's there's a location from every house that, you know, you could really benefit from. Mm -hmm. uh, the last one, the last plot is you win or you die. And it's a five-income, eight-initiative, two-claim plot, so you're getting money, you get initiative, you get claim you get to draw two cards but the downside is your reserve becomes zero so you play them or you lose them you know but mm -hmm. it's it's kind of another finisher like if you had to use rise earlier and you maybe need to seal the deal this is one of those ones where like you could get like a theon power challenge and swing two like that's good you know mm -hmm. and if you have relentless assault and you have the right cards on a second challenge you can get you know a bunch of extra power on your second power challenge there's just a lot of stuff you can you can do with this card that makes it so you're probably not going to play it you know until you're ready to play it yeah it's definitely a finisher plot for sure mm -hmm. or if you just don't have any cards in hand yeah you're like screw it i just need two claim well yeah two claim is good i mean two military claim is fantastic theon on two military claim means a they have less people to block with b they have less people to challenge with during their phase it's got eight initiatives so you're gonna go first most likely right and so you get all the oh, benefits yeah. of going first. It's just, there's a lot of things here that, like, yeah, I'm excited to see if this card works because it is pretty kind of final and it feels very, like, great joy to me. But, so yeah, mm -hmm. that's that's the deck. Um, it was, I built, I went through a few iterations, but I think there's so, still some more work we can do on it. I think Dom and I are going to test it a little bit and kind of see what we feel about it. Uh, maybe yeah, trade some stuff and figure out what we need to do to make it a little more competitive. Um, I don't really know yet how we can talk in maybe another episode where we do a little follow-up how it would test against like the other meta decks like we did against your deck. Um, mm -hmm. I think against some decks it would be really kind of solid because you just have your one thing you do and you just protect against a lot of other stuff. Other times like I don't think it would work very well against a discard deck right now because I think you just hit it hit your pieces too soon. 
and you wouldn't be mm -hmm. able to get them all out. But anyway, um, I think your good opening hands to just kind of finalize since we're going long would be making sure you have like Asha or like a pretty big Bicon that you can put out first turn and maybe some of your Econ locations. Um, and appointed wouldn't be bad if you couldn't get that second uh, icon from your characters. And then maybe two or three of the locations. Probably Great Kraken would be good on turn one if you could have it. Getting a Euron out, getting a Euron in your opening hand would be pretty good, I think. Because <laughs> then you could start cool. silencing the whole game. Yeah, um, yeah, you don't want to do it on setup. Mm -mm. <laughs> no Euron on setup. No. But having him in your opening hand could be okay because oh, yeah. you 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 just you you set up everything else hopefully and then, and then pop down him with one of your big big expensive plots. So yeah, exactly. And, and this is one of those decks where I'm hoping to, that the setup is something where you get to play like four to five of your cards. Uh, that's why there's a lot of like zero cost stuff in the location suite and mm -hmm. some pretty cheap ones from the the, the characters. Uh, and there's a lot of dupes for uniques. So. Um, mm -hmm. getting a lot of those cards out of your hand means you get to see more of your deck faster and I found that to be a benefit in these kind of speed decks in most decks I guess yeah So I'm actually doing uh, test hands here right now and it's not looking it's not looking too bad so you know you're averaging between 4 and 5 cards set up yeah. which yeah. isn't bad at all yeah I just had one with like Asha you know, your raiding long ship, iron mine, and great hall, and then two knights and another great hall, and then you yeah, into I, your third icon, and then another iron mine. So I could run with that. Yeah, I think I just did like ten hands, and the lowest amount of card setup I had was three. That's not bad, but yeah. So I don't. We can we can talk more about it after we pl do play tests. Let's do like follow ups. Maybe we can play some time or yeah. do something like that and talk about yeah. it but let us know what you guys think um sorry it was me talking most of the time uh if you don't like my voice <laughs> but uh let us know what you think in the comments like comment subscribe all of that whole spiel mm -hmm. that we do every podcast and so exactly exactly and uh let's go test this thing out all right oh <laughs> see you later everybody all right see you guys thank you for tuning in to bearded clansman of the veil a game of thrones lcg podcast Come back next time where we talk more about the Game of Thrones the card game.